0: This is the Storm Report.
1: Welcome to the Storm Report podcast in association with the Storm Report Radio Network. I'm your host, Tommy Caster. The date is May 15th, 2020. We've got a lot to talk about on today's podcast, including uh, several different areas in the U.S. dealing with the potential for severe weather as the day goes on, as well as a flash flooding risk in the central U.S. We're going to talk about all of that, and we're joined by president and meteorologist from the Storm Report Radio Network, Dan Holiday, who had himself a pretty active day yesterday covering severe weather uh dan it looked like a, a lot going on especially in kansas and missouri yesterday
0: i know this is not a th- i mean we're not really supposed to sound excited over this but we had our first tornado in kansas for the year and and people yeah, actually storm chasers were excited about that
1: absolutely yeah it looked like uh, what tornadoes kind of around the emporia area uh, last night is that correct
0: yeah, there were some uh, sightings uh, north of uh, Bouchong, Kansas, and then they had, you know, I, I think the official one came in about eight miles um, outside south of Council Grove, and it was in Morris County, so I think if I'm correct on record, that would show up as the first tornado report for uh, 2020, and uh, it had been 40 years since we'd gone that long, I believe, and in fact, uh, May 28, 1980 was the longest that anyone had gone In Kansas. And yeah, I was just now scrolling down the Storm Prediction Center's reports, and there it is, eight miles south of Council Grove, Morris County. Last night, a report came in about 8.50.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, uh, we sort of transitioned from that tornadic threat into mainly a flash flooding threat, especially across eastern Kansas and uh, western Missouri. And, uh, you know, a a lot of pretty impressive pictures and video uh, of the amount of rainfall that uh, that part of the U.S. has seen over the last 12 to 24 hours. Uh, And especially in, in eastern Kansas, it looks like that threat for more rainfall will continue into the weekend.
0: Well, it is going to continue into the weekend. I was just taking a look at some of the rainfall reports that came in. And um, in Montgomery County in southeast Kansas, uh, five miles southwest of Sycamore, four and uh, sixteen hundredths of an inch of rainfall as of 10 o'clock on Friday morning. This morning, they had five inches at uh, Elk Falls, um, or I should say, yeah, Elk Falls. That's in southeast Kansas. And get this. Uh, they started measuring at 3:45 in the morning and ended at about 10:24 this morning. So five inches in that amount of time, four and a half inches in Parsons, uh, Butler County. We saw a lot of uh, video that was emerging out of uh, El Dorado of uh, and Augusta too of a lot of uh, flooding going on. Uh, the Kansas Mesonet in El Dorado reported 3.24 inches of rain this morning, so quite a bit now. And you you mentioned the flash flooding potential. Uh, we had that uh, chance again overnight and into Saturday with uh, another round of showers and thunderstorms. And in fact, a flash flood watch is in effect for parts of South Central and Eastern Kansas and Missouri going into, uh, and into Saturday evening.
1: Also, several reports in eastern Kansas of uh, even some water rescues. I know there was a report uh, north of Emporia on uh, looked like Highway 99 of a water rescue uh, in that area, and then also some water rescues down in Butler County uh, in South Central Kansas as well. So, definitely a a pretty legitimate flash flooding threat. And you know, Dan, one of the things that I want to get your thoughts on. We talked a little bit about this on the last episode, but uh, really what that what that flash flooding um, you know threat looks like, and you know, I think people sometimes they discount that because they're so ramped up when it comes to tornadoes and large hail and that sort of thing. But flash flooding can be, you know, a, a legitimate threat to, uh, to to people's livelihoods and, and their lives. Talk a little bit about uh, preparedness for flash flooding for folks.
0: Well, I think, I mean, let's just, you know, let's just be completely transparent on this. We've all, and, and I, I can say this about myself. There's been times when I had uh you know came up on some water running over the road and I was like you know what I'm just going to power through this and, and and I'll make it across there. Luckily, I did. And I remember that was several times when I lived in Wichita. But so many times people think that the water is more shallow than it is. They get caught up in the current and and I mean it is much stronger than you would think running over the road. It can carry you away and submerge the car and it is the number 1 killer. Uh, in terms of weather, uh, flash flooding number one. You would think it'd be tornadoes or hurricanes or something like that, but it isn't. It's flash flooding. And so, as far as preparedness, um, it is it is so important that when you come up on water running over the road and you see it very um, obviously running over the road, uh, it could be could be somewhat deep. Turn around and go the other way. And and the weather service always says, turn around, don't drown. It's kind of a little phrase that, that people easily remember. But uh, so many times you'll see people power through it when videos show up on social media and they'll wind up uh, losing their car or even worse, getting injured. So um, the preparedness, the best thing is, you know, just uh, stay in tune with what's going on. Typically, your cell phone will send you emergency alerts in terms of like a flash flood warning or emergency. And we could see some of those uh, this weekend in in Southern Kansas and uh, where that flash flood watch is in effect. So the best preparedness is just simply if you don't think you can make it across there or you're not sure, don't try.
1: Yeah, well, you know, obviously you mentioned, you know, getting those uh, those notifications on your phone. So, I mean, we talked before we came on the air, uh, you know, last night was a pretty loud night. You know, I, I think I was woken up a couple of different times by uh, by storms, but then also one other time was awakened or awoken by a uh, notification on my phone of a, a flash flood warning in my area. And so, uh, you know, obviously it's a good idea to have those sort of notifications ready to go, whether you're looking at, you know, a tornadic risk or, you know, a severe thunderstorm warning, flash flood, uh, that sort of thing, having a way to gather that information to be notified when uh, conditions warrant is definitely important. Let's take a look at that severe weather threat as we get into today. So we're recording this uh, mid to late morning on Friday, uh, and there are actually a couple of different enhanced risk areas on this Friday, a little bit later in the day that we want to take a look at. The first one that we want to focus on is from Southern Oklahoma down through the heart of Texas, central Texas, uh, pretty much all the way down to the the Texas-Mexico border. Uh, that enhanced risk sort of uh, encompasses that entire area. That's one of the the, the main uh, enhanced risk areas for today. Uh, so Dan, why don't we start there and you can talk a little bit about what we're seeing in that location.
0: Yeah, so there is, uh, they've kind of upgraded the, the risk of severe weather today. There's a trough of low pressure moving into the southern plains and so um, some strong storms are likely from just south of Tulsa and south of Ponca City into Oklahoma City. The Oklahoma City metro area is going to be affected um, all the way down to Lawton. You guys have seen enough of this already this week. Lawton, Wichita Falls, Altus. And then it stretches as far west as Lubbock down to, um, I would say, you know, probably even the Del Rio areas and the uh, severe weather threat and San Antonio, Austin, Waco, even Dallas-Fort Worth uh, as well, too. Now, the tornado threat in that region, not really that high. Um, They have a 2% risk out right now. It's more of a hail, wind, heavy rain threat. But we're talking southern Oklahoma into northern Texas if there were a tornado. And then a little bit further south where there's more instability and moisture around San Antonio uh, to Corpus Christi. So, again, the tornado threat, not zero, but not high for today. It's more of a hail, wind, and rain threat.
1: And as far as timing is concerned in that location, are we looking more like mid to late afternoon for these storms to get going?
0: Yeah, late afternoon and especially this evening and overnight, stuff will start west along a dry line in western Texas, fire up, then kind of move east. And then uh, then, then from there, they'll progress into the overnight hours.
1: So the other area of the U.S. under an enhanced risk is actually up in the New England area, uh, looking at portions of New York State into Massachusetts, uh, and then even uh, parts of looks like New Hampshire and Vermont as well. Uh, You know, Dan, maybe talk a little bit about that location. And and it kind of seems like the tornadic risk might be a little bit higher in that part of the U.S. uh, than as opposed to down in Oklahoma and Texas.
0: It really is. That's interesting too, because you know this is not an area where we see uh, severe weather and tornadoes, uh, at least this time of year. Typically, it's more like July. They, they get it later on when the jet stream uh, migrates a little bit further uh, to the north. But anyway, with that being said, um, yeah, there's a low pressure system uh, moving out of the Great Lakes. It's going to be heading east into the New York, Vermont area. And by the time it gets there late afternoon, it's going to warm up, moisture in place. Uh, some of the ingredients in the atmosphere in terms of um, you know, some things like wind shear and such show that there'll be some supercells cells developed from central New York and then move into uh, Vermont and, and New Hampshire, uh, maybe even into the western part of Massachusetts. So uh, strong storms, large hail, damaging winds, and folks that live there, if you live there, by the way, or you you travel there from time to time, uh, severe weather is a much bigger deal. It doesn't happen as often. And so if a power line is knocked down or a tree, t- a tree branch is knocked over, uh, that's That's big talk in the neighborhood, but even the threat of tornadoes, uh, decent today over New York uh, State into, uh, again, Vermont, New Hampshire, and parts of western Massachusetts.
1: Yeah. So it looks like that 5% risk uh, for tornadic activity uh, you know, includes some areas, some cities like Syracuse, New York, Manchester, New Hampshire, Albany, New York, Nashua, New Hampshire. And uh, I've always wanted to say this, Schenectady, <laughs> New York as well, uh, under the gun for some tornadic activity uh, later on today. Uh, what does timing uh, for, for that area of the country look like, Dan?
0: Well, it's, it's going to be late afternoon and evening again. And, um, you know, just Things to, things to watch out for if folks live in that area, just uh, some strong wind gusts. They often get high wind gusts there with, with severe thunderstorms. So be prepared to move to a place of safety. Remember the basement, if you have one there, uh, number one place to go. If not, uh, interior hallway on the lowest floor away from windows. So good idea to just prepare there in case.
1: And even if you live in the Boston metropolitan area, be on the lookout for that. Boston is right outside of the the enhanced zone, uh, but uh, there there is that risk uh, for severe weather in the Boston metro as the day goes on. Dan, you know, one you know, question uh, I have. Oh, by go, go the ahead. way, I was
0: just thinking in Boston they have what is it? Somebody told me there they have the most Dunkin' Donuts, and 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 we don't go there for the donuts. We go for the coffee. The coffee is why we go there.
1: <laughs> That's what they there say. There you go. Well, you might have to go there to to seek shelter too, as the day goes on. Uh, one question that I have for you, Dan, uh, and, and this is sort of unique considering that we have uh, two different areas that are potentially under the gun today, and those two areas uh, in those parts of the country couldn't be any different from one another. You know, folks in this part of the U.S., where we're where we're at in the central U.S. and then down into Oklahoma and Texas, this is nothing new. I mean, they're used to having, uh, you know, especially this time of year, severe weather rolling through, but but as you mentioned before, you know, New England, uh, you, you know, usually you're looking more at like July and even then the risk of tornadic activity you know, isn't very common. Uh, I guess discuss the, the differences between the, those two areas and also what folks uh, in the New England area you know, should be prepared for, especially considering that this is something that's not super common for them.
0: Well, just, I I would say, you know, the preparation is pretty similar in both locations. It's one of those things where uh, just having a a safety plan, knowing what you're going to do and where you're going to go. And right now, you know, um, it would typically be Friday afternoon and evening, everybody going to after work events or restaurants. And that's just, that's not happening right now with with COVID-19. So some people are probably working from home. Um, Some things are shut down. And so, The preparation is going to be a lot different than it would be. The most important thing is if you're caught out on the road traveling from work to home when these storms are going on, um, just try and find, you know, we we talk about this a lot. And and ever since 1991, when people saw the video of a couple of reporters that went under the, quote, girders to hide from a tornado, they thought that an overpass was the best place to go. But um, if you are traveling and there is a bridge or overpass, you encounter hail, or some sort of uh, heavy downpour, uh, it, it, we've learned it's the worst place you can be in severe weather. So the best thing to do is find an exit, um, go to someplace on the nearest exit, and just ride the storm out until things lighten up. But those are some of the things to keep in mind. Really, whether you're in New England or you're in the Southern Plains, uh, just know where you're going to be at about the time the storms hit. Uh, think about where you would go and what you would do if they were to occur. And that's that's... That's really about the best possible thing you can do is just have that, have that plan in the back of your mind.
1: Talking with Dan Holiday, meteorologist from the Storm Report Radio Network on the Storm Report podcast. Dan, as we look ahead to this weekend, uh, are you still seeing an active pattern continuing or are things going to start to calm down? It seems like we've had several rounds of severe storms in different parts of the U.S. as the week has gone on. What are you looking at for this weekend?
0: Well, I just was uh, I was texting with uh, my friend Nathan Jurgensen, who's also a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in uh, North Platte, Nebraska, and he was like, "Ah, slight risk in our coverage area going to be busy tonight because he's working the afternoon shift, I believe." And he was saying, you know, uh, there's going to be some storms form in western Nebraska and on uh, into northeastern Colorado. Uh, one of the things to keep in mind about that is that's that complex of storms will form late tonight, probably, and then roll on to the southeast. Um, into central Kansas and the southern part of the state and probably be more of an overnight into Saturday morning flash flooding threat. So that would be the start of the weekend. And then once we go into uh, tomorrow, Saturday, there'll be additional rain chances, primarily in central and eastern Kansas, also down into the southern plains, eastern Texas, Dallas, Waco, Austin, San Antonio again, into the western part of uh, New Orleans, I should say western part of Louisiana, and even all the way to New Orleans and there is a marginal risk of severe storms right now, where a few storms could produce some hail and gusty winds in Kansas City, Des Moines, Dubuque, and again in central um, Illinois. So um, Saturday, not out of the woods in terms of severe weather. But by Sunday, we see a ridge of high pressure move into the plains, kind of rare for this time in May. And uh, it gives folks a break for a while. There'll be some thunderstorms along the mountains in, uh, in Colorado but the stronger severe weather pattern will move into the Ohio Valley and out of Kansas and Oklahoma, so it does give people in the nation's midsection a chance to dry out on Sunday.
1: We would be remiss to not mention uh, what's happening down in the southeastern part of the U S down in, in Southern Florida. Uh, We we talked a lot about flash flooding and heavy rainfall in the central U S that's happening down in Florida as well, especially in the Miami area where the first storm of the hurricane season is likely to begin to form. And there is a chance that this, uh, this, uh, system, uh, could be uh, turned into a, a named storm. And that would be what uh, the first uh, Arthur, I believe, is the name. Uh, so, Dan, talk a little bit about kind of what we're seeing down in southern Florida.
0: Wasn't that a that was uh, the theme. Uh, Christopher Cross had that song in the movie Arthur, right? The best that you can <laughs> do. Yeah. When, when you get caught between the moon in New York City. Um yeah just happened to cross my mind when you said Arthur the movie I know it's kind of old school <laughs> but anyway I was just looking at this from the National Hurricane Center and you're right um yeah this disturbance is uh dumping rain on the Florida Keys um beautiful place to go but not when it's dumping rain and and then it's also affecting southeast Florida Miami places like that and going to continue um there is I noticed that there is some high rip current uh, risks that are issued along the Florida coast all the way to Pensacola Um, so people that want to plop in the water and enjoy that this weekend, probably not a good idea because the, the, uh, the surf conditions and rip currents are going to be very dangerous along the Southeast U S coast and even on into, uh, the Gulf coast as well too, just for this active pattern. And the, uh, latest information from the national hurricane center said, um, there's an 80% chance of this, uh, formation to occur over the next 48 hours. Um, so yeah, it, it could obviously turn into a storm that's early in the year, but, June 1st is kind of the official kickoff to tropical season. So all in all, we're not that far away, but yeah, it's going to give some rain to parts of Florida that have desperately needed it.
1: So, yeah, folks down in Florida, definitely keeping an eye on uh, what ends up happening and developing with that system. And then, of course, uh, the the most immediate threat today looks to be in New England and then uh, southern Oklahoma through the heart of Texas as well. Before we wrap up this podcast, we do want to mention what happened on this day in weather history on May 15th back in 1968. Now, we talked about Florida. We're going the complete opposite now and going into Alaska, that a tornado touched down southwest of Anchorage, Alaska. It was one of just four tornadoes reported in the state of Alaska since 1950. So we have not talked about Alaska at all today. Things look to be pretty calm up in that area. But on this day, back in 1968, a uh, tornado touched down southwest of Anchorage. So uh, well, that's here's, uh, what happened on this day in weather history.
0: You know, here's something to add to that too. On Monday, it was 77 degrees in Fairbanks, Alaska, and it was 44 in Dodge City, Kansas. So if that wasn't upside down, man.
1: There there you go. Yeah, no, absolutely for sure. So we'll make sure to keep an eye on uh, everything going on, uh, not only in New England, but also down in Oklahoma and Texas. Before I let you go, Dan, uh, I did this on the last episode. Want to want to ask you about this again for folks, especially in Oklahoma and Texas, if they want to uh, listen to uh, storm coverage as conditions warrant as the day goes on, uh, can they hear you? Can they hear the storm report? What does that look like?
0: Well, they can hear uh, forecast updates on a number of stations, and uh, I'll tell you, there's there's a lot of numerous stations across the panhandle um and also um let's see into southwestern oklahoma um you know and and frequencies i don't have right at hand right now but i will tell you that just uh, you know just having your radio up and on and ready to go to uh, a place of information at a time like this is important so remember am fm radio is your companion through one of these types of situations and you know, if you if you have a NOAA weather radio with AMFM on it, that's awesome too. And you can always get your alerts through those, kind of a backup to the cell phone alerts that you receive as well.
1: It's Dan Holliday. He's the president and meteorologist from the Storm Report Radio Network, joining us here on the Storm Report podcast to talk about the severe weather threat for today, Friday, May 15th, 2020. Dan, thank you so much for being on today.
0: You bet. Great talking to you and have a good weekend.
1: You too. And don't forget, you can hit that subscribe button anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and more. That way you never miss an episode and miss a discussion on what we have going on in terms of severe weather. Of course, you can always visit The Storm Report online. That's thestormreport.com. Follow us on Facebook at The Storm Report Radio Network and on Twitter at The Storm Report. And make sure that uh, you have your radio on. That way you can hear The Storm Report forecasts and coverage Uh, on many, many radio stations across the United States. Until next time, I'm your host, Tommy Castor. You've been listening to the Storm Report podcast.